Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD, salting the hay to fuel motivation. Uh, we're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show. Um, and write down the secret word of that show and then just email me the, the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. When you have ADHD, putting in an eight-hour workday while maintaining maximum concentration can be a challenge. Here are some strategies to help. Make your physical environment less distracting. Use your laptop, smartphone, or alarm to track appointments and deadlines. Break up long tasks into shorter ones. Take breaks and walk around. Before you leave work, take five minutes to organize your work area for the next day. To learn more about workplace issues, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying Uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Our show tonight is uh, being repurposed for you going back a while back. I've known John Wilson for a really long time. And um, the metaphor of salting the hay, that you, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make them drink, but you can actually salt the hay is a great metaphor to understand uh, working with people, particularly teens and other uh, other adults, really, to kind of help them move forward. So we are repurposing the show. You enjoy it. And so with all that, John, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. Well, it's a thorough introduction, but we're going to go a little bit further because this is ADHD front row and central. And uh, John is... It is wintertime, I want to remind you, and John's in North Carolina, and he is jam-packed his day because he's going to go whitewater rafting or kayaking or something tomorrow in North Carolina. I remind you, it's January. It's, it's wintertime, and he's going to go on a river in the middle of the mountains in North Carolina. He's crazy, and he's getting that in because he's got to get his rest before he goes to Costa Rica at the end of this week on another adventure. So hats off to you, John. You're welcome to be off of your game and stressed out because so, this is all ADHD, and we welcome you. So, again, we're, we're anxious to get into the topic. <laughs> Fair enough? All right. Yeah, jump in. So, so I want to I kind of frame this out. I had an interview with uh, – uh, Melissa Orlov a couple uh, months ago, actually at the, at the Chad conference on, for Attention Dog Video, and it kind of occurred to me that ADHD is such a self-regulation issue for those with ADHD. If you've listened to the show, you've heard me talk about 
and, and, and sing my praise over Dr. Barkley for kind of bringing that to our, our attention. And I think tonight is really about self-regulation for the parents. And I think if you listen to the to the, the fundamentals of this, you can actually begin to identify with your, your, your ADHD child in terms of motivation because it is the ability to pause and use your brain to override automatic behavior to change your behavior. And parents so often are working with kids and that, that notion of just yelling and screaming at your child to try to get them to do something and saying they're not motivated, it takes a level of self-regulation for you to pause and override those instincts. And I think John's got some spectacular things to help you pause, catch your breath, and begin to pay attention to what's going on. And you know us, you know Attention Talk Radio, we're all – all about paying attention to attention and give you some things so that you're just not yelling and screaming. You actually can kind of work with your kids in order to kind of help them motivate. And so to begin, I do have to ask you, John, can I, can I tell a, can I tell a quick story just to to sort of frame what we're talking about? Yes. Yes, please. All right. So, um, you know, in any given situation, you, you have a couple different choices. Your, your, your child has, done something that requires a reaction on your part. And on in one hand you've got, you know, you've got a cup that's filled with solutions. These solutions if you if you sprinkle them on the situation, it, the situation is going to improve. It's going to put the fire out. In yep. the other hand, you've got a cup and the the techniques that you're going to use there actually act as an accelerant, kind of like fuel gas. And if you sprinkle that on the situation, you're going to end up with a dumpster fire, right? <laughs> and so you you've got you've got two choices you know typically and so sometimes we react and we we just grab the first thing we see and sometimes it was it was water and it put the fire out and we're lucky and sometimes the thing that we grabbed grabbed right away was gas and we thought it was water but it turns out it was gas and we've got this big situation but what we, what we're what you're talking about is really you know you you've got the situation in hand you you know that you're going to have to do something and you look to your left and your left hand is this cup of solutions and you, you you look at it, and then you look in your right hand, you see, you know, fuel, and you know that it's fuel. And then you look back in your left hand, and you see the water, and then you you're drawn to the right hand because in the right hand is gas. <laughs> and so you set the water down, and you fling the gas on the situation, and you know what do you have? You've got a bigger mess. And sometimes you do the thing that you know isn't going to work. You know that that nagging or nattering or yelling or screaming or, you know, uh, poking the bear. You know that it's going to react badly, but we do those things anyway because sometimes, quite frankly, we're human beings and we get caught up in the moment. But but what you have to remember is that even if sometimes flinging a little gas on the situation makes you feel better in the moment, it's always a bigger mess to clean up, and there's always a bigger consequence for you, not for them but for you. And so if you think about what you want, what you want to achieve in that moment, the thing that you want to try and get out of it, and then approach a situation from that perspective. What's the best possible solution I could get coming out of a situation? Absolutely changes the way you interact and interrelate with your kids. I that was spectacular. That was, but the ability to do that is you actually have to stop and think and say, no, I'm not going to throw gasoline on this fire, which is what tonight's all about. So. Um, Let's get into this stuff. I do have to ask you the title "Salt the Hay." I had never heard that before. And well, I have to credit we had, Suzanne Stevens. Uh, she, okay. she is an author out of Winston Salem, 
And years ago, uh, you know, she, 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 she gave me that quote, you can lead a horse to water, but, and she asked me to finish it, you, you can't make him drink. And she said, that doesn't feel very powerful, does it, John? And I said, no, ma'am, it does not. <laughs> she said, well, what can, you, what can you do? And I said, I don't know. What can you do? You know, I was a young pub just, just coming to the yep, field. Yep. I couldn't wait to figure out how to make a, make a horse <laughs> drink the water that I led him through. And she said, you can make him thirsty. You salt the hay. And it was a shakabuku, uh, uh, a <laughs> to the head that altered my perception of reality about how to work with kids from that point going forward. And so I thank Suzanne all the time, uh, and, I, and I appreciate that concept because we, when we find ourselves in a place of not feeling uh, in control or having any power, it's helpless. And, we, and, and, and because we're, we're feeling helpless, we react. And because we react, the situation only becomes worse. Yep. Yep. And, and, and John, I just, I, I'm, I'm loving everything that you're saying, and you're teeing this up so great. And I think that we all hear metaphorically to salt the hay, the halt the hay, there's rewards and there's praise. And those are the, those automatic kind of go-to things, but you have a lot of other ideas on how you can salt the hay a little bit. Yeah. Can you share some of that with us a little bit? Because I think there's a lot well, more I, tools in the toolkit than what people realize. Absolutely. So, you know, a big part of that workshop also was done uh, based on some of the work by Rick Lavoie. And, um, you know, he is a tremendous advocate for young people with learning disabilities and uh, somebody I've learned a lot from. And he wrote a book uh, titled um, uh, Motivation, Motivating Unmotivated Kids. And in that book, uh, he spells out that there are really kind of three areas of motivation for um, or not three, but several areas of motivation for students. Uh, they include praise, rewards, uh, validation, prestige, power and control, and then time and kindness. Now, the, that, the, the basic premise there is if you are rewarding somebody who really kind of um, – uh, uh, an important part of what they need is, is your time, your, your quality of time, and that's how they – that's their currency, and all you're doing is giving them, you know, praise or prestige, and those things don't matter to them. Well, then that's not very motivating. And so part of part of the assignment that I give parents when they think about this is really take a look at what you know what really juices up your your kid. What 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 is what really motivates them? And then based on what they find motivating, you can start to tailor your responses to what they're doing. Um, you know. Uh, and and you were talking about praise. Praise. Uh, there's research out there now that that indicates that praise can actually be as harmful as it is helpful. And when I yes. when I initially tell that to people, they look at me like I've just gone bananas. But but it's true. If if you praise uh, and and again, a lot of this work is based on Carol Dweck, um, D W E C K, and um, but if you praise kids for things they have no control over, like being pretty or smart, uh, then you actually disenfranchise investment from them because what if, you know, I do something and then you don't think I'm smart anymore. But when you praise kids for, for things like, you know, uh, effort and, uh, and stick-to-itiveness and kindness, things they have control over, then that can be incredibly powerful when you are specific with your praise. But, it, but if you, again, if you just say, hey, you know, what a smart kid you are, Kids don't have control over how smart they are. They have control over how much energy and effort they put in yep. to yep. learning information. 
And that and that's a critical distinction uh, because you certainly yep. don't want to think that you're helping and actually undermining a, a, partic- a particular situation. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, John, I need to go to break real quick. And we come back, I want to talk about because I, 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 it just dawned on me that I heard you talk about this in November, and I've actually implemented exactly what you said. I want to kind of share my personal story with that. But before we go to break and come back and kind of go through this stuff, I want everybody to um, – to, I'm looking – I don't have the website on my, my sheet. John, what's the website, the SOAR website? Is it SOAR.org? It's, it's, it's S-O-A-R-N-C, as in uh, North Carolina, dot O-R-G. So SOARNC.org. And what's, t- tell, tell our listeners a little bit about SOAR real quick. Well, we are, uh, you know, America's premier adventure program, learning, uh, specifically supporting kids with learning and attention uh, challenges. Uh, we have a we have a academic school for middle and high school students. We have uh, summer programs that that, uh, that the adventure summer programs that take kids snorkeling, scuba diving, backpacking, rock climbing, whitewater rafting, uh, hiking, horsebacking, surfing, sea kayaking, fishing, uh, uh, all over uh, Florida, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, Wyoming, uh, California, Belize, mm-hmm. Costa Rica, uh, the Adirondacks. And then we also have a gap year program for young adults uh, that need maybe another year or two of seasoning before they transition into college uh, in, in our, at our base camp in Wyoming. And uh, we are the largest summer camp in the, in the world that serves this population of kids, and we are one of the most respected uh, programs that serves, uh, serves this population in, uh, in, in, in the United States and, and, and abroad. So uh, it's just been a real honor and privilege to be a part of it. You know, maybe someday you'll start kind of quoting me because I keep kind of – every time I interview, I keep kind of plugging you because you make it sound like there's so much fun going on in these things. But what I've come to realize as a high-adventure scoutmaster is when they're going on these high-adventure things, there's a lot of life skills that are being taught like budgeting and social skills that these kids don't realize sometimes that they're learning when they kind of do that stuff. And so it sounds like John's like like – it's really kind of like a – it's like Disneyland, but it's not. There's a lot of learning that's kind of going on in what they're doing, and I think that particularly with, for kids with ADHD, they get a lot out of these programs. So our secret word tonight is fuel. With that, it's S-O-A-R-N-C dot org, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change the lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by gigcoaching.com. And now back to Attention Talk Radio. 
Welcome back, everybody, to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. We are here with one tired, worn-out John Soar, who is crazy enough to go kayaking or whitewater rafting tomorrow in North Carolina in the wintertime um, because he's got to get his rush in before he goes to Costa Rica. And we're talking about motivation. <laughs> Clearly, the man's motivated to do crazy things. But that well, being said, well, first of all, it's, it's, it's whitewater canoeing, uh, which okay. makes it even more crazy. And, um, <laughs> you know, why not? <laughs> Because it's there. Um, before the break, we were talking about uh, motivation and salt in the hay. And I think you were just – I love to pay attention to attention. And, and the notion of some praise can actually kind of be negative and hurtful around kids, things that kids can't control. And uh, my son's a very accomplished soccer player. and plays soccer on an international level at, at 15 years old. And it's funny because I have really, after hearing you, your presentation, shifted about praising him on the effort – that he exhibits when overcoming obstacles or the mental toughness that he can control as opposed to he's been very successful with some goal storing, which requires team members and some other things that, that he's not necessarily in control. He gets the accolades, but it, it kind of happens. And, and, and I, it's really Literally, that presentation had changed the way I look at some of this, and I'm, I'm kind of grateful for it. And I, I'm not so sure parents – I think it's an aha moment for a lot of you out there is, is, is focus on maybe not that they're so pretty, but the effort they're, they're putting into – that they're smart or the effort they're kind of putting into. So is there anything else that you can say just to accent that? Because I think I can tell you a little bit about the original research uh, that, okay. that really was so, was so compelling. All right, so yes. so Carol Dweck was a school psychologist in New York City, and she took about um, 200 uh, students, and uh, and half of them middle school students, and half of them, you know, she put one hundred uh, in a room, and the other hundred in the other room, and she gave them each a, a test. And so uh, at the end of the test, she walked into one room and just told the kids they knocked out of the park; they were the best, brightest, smartest uh, of the class. And that that felt real good to those students. In the other room, she walked in, and she didn't talk about the results at all. She just simply said, you guys, uh, I mean, the effort, you know, every time you got stumped, you, you really kept at it. You really gave yep, yep. great effort. We, 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 we and the other researchers were watching, and we were really impressed. So she then gives, uh, gave the students another exam, all right? Um, and this one was impossibly difficult. She looked at the at the uh, at the students that had been praised for being smart, and you could see visible tension. Pencils were breaking. There was a lot of head scratching. I mean, clearly there was a lot at stake yep. for them. When when you looked in the other room with the, the the group that had been told what tremendous effort they had given, they they you know they seem much more relaxed taking the test. They 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 continued to to look at the questions. They they worked until the last minute. Uh, and it was a much, much less stressful situation. She didn't even tally the scores on that test because it, it was just information they didn't have yet. Six months later, she put the group uh, back into the room, and she said, okay, folks, I've got another test. Who wants to take it? Now, the kids who were told they were best, brightest, and smartest, do you think they wanted to take that test? Not at all. The, the, the kids that uh, had been praised for their efforts, they're like, bring it on, man, bring it on. So, <laughs> All she did was give the original test, the first test that she'd given, all right? And the the kids who had been praised for being bright, you saw the same visible kind of stressors that they had when they took that more difficult test. She had created an expectation, and anxiety 
produced. And, uh, and in the, the other group, the group they've been praised, they continue to plug away just like they had on the more difficult test. But the fascinating thing that she encountered was that when she tallied up the test scores, the students who had been praised for their intelligence, what do you think happened to their test scores? Same test. It dropped. It dropped by wow. a significant a significant amount. And the students that have been praised for their effort, what do you think happened to their scores? You guessed it, Jeff. They went up. And so wow. that is that is as clear an example of praise can yep. be a destructive yep. influence and force when it's used inappropriately or incorrectly. And when you praise, when you set kids up, your your son, for instance, if 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 if, if he was praised for being talented and and his gifted yep. athleticism. He can't control that. All he can yep. control is the kind of grit he brings to the, the table and what he's willing to do. Um, and, and I want to – I'm going to segue you know, to, from that to, a, to another story about grit because I think grit is such a key piece to, to motivation. Yep. And it's, a, it's a wonderful, wonderful story. Um, so my son – uh, you know, it, it dealing with ADHD and and, and it kind of struggles and uh, mm-hmm. and I got a phone call that you know he had he had said that you know he wasn't sure he wanted to be alive and you know, which is a very alarming thing to hear. Yeah, oh, yeah. So I raced home. I raced home, and you know he he was uh, I think in the fifth or sixth grade and and what he had meant to say was today it really sucked to be me. All right. That that's that was what he was feeling. That today, mm-hmm. you know, he wished he wasn't himself. It really it was a really yep. tough day to be him. And and it came out a different way. All right. So rather than sort of address that head on, I, I said, Well, come here, buddy, I wanna I wanna I wanna have you try something. And so I showed him a flint and steel, uh, and I showed him how to light a fire and I you know, we practiced a couple times and then I gave him all the right tools and I said, Okay, but mm-hmm. you can come back inside when you light this fire. And he starts working on it, and it's hard. It's it's hard to do. Uh, and so he worked on it for, you know, 20 minutes. I, you know, I, I'm there watching. I'm nurturing yep, him. Yep. And 30 minutes goes by. He starts whining and crying about his fingers hurting. You know, 45 yep. minutes goes by, and and finally, finally, he lights a spark, and this, there's this flame. And he 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 his chest bolted out, and his arms jumped up. Yep. And he looked like uh, the character from from Tom Hanks. Look, I made fire! And so he's so proud of, of what he had accomplished. And I, I said to him, hey, buddy, how does that feel? And he said, it feels like Christmas morning. And I said, why? He said, because it was hard and because I did it. And I said, that's right. Yep. Now, on on days when things get hard for you, you have to remember that pushing through and, and persevering yep. and the effort it takes to kind of grind through it means that when you get on the back end of that, it feels really good. So um, I said, you know what that's called, Jay? And he said, what's that, Dad? And I said, it's called grit. A few months later, uh, he's a part of a 5K, and he's really slacking off. And, uh, and yep. I come up next to him, and I whispered into his ear, where's your grit? And it lit a fire, and he, wow. he ran hard until the end. And from, th- from that day forward, when I ask him, where's his grit, it, it helps remind him, that there is something inside him that he doesn't always tap into, but there is more effort that he can give. And I think it's just really important for, for parents to recognize that, in even, especially in today, in, in that, that we have to find ways to nurture our kids' ability to have perseverance, resilience, and that, that, that magical essence of grit. 
Yep. Yep. Great example. Salt the hay about a little grit and off they kind of go. 